0: listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're coming to you live from Tasmania right across Australia. Each weekday at 9am you can hear what the Bible says about past, current and future events. You can learn how to study the Bible more effectively. You can get to know who God is, why we're here and where we're going. And you can experience personal encounters with Jesus. I'm your host Jason Cook and today we have David Maxwell joining us all the way from Launceston. And he's continuing his series, the significant sevens of Revelation. Welcome, David. How are you going, Jason? Good to be here today. It's good to have you back again, and uh, it's good to be back with you again. I think you had David Maxwell, sorry, David Leo, last week with you. So uh, it's good for me to be back with you on this topic. So, um, David, I know you like to share something each week in your program, and you've been sharing. Uh, different passages. What have you got for us this week?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jason. As, as I share my, my most significant passages in the Bible, uh, last week I looked at First Corinthians ten thirteen. This week I want to look at one of my absolute favourites, and that is uh, Proverbs three five to six. Now, let me just read it in the uh, New King James, and then I'll explain why it's one of my absolute favourites. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your paths. Now I find this a really, really helpful passage because it actually helps me see how not smart I am. Now I've used that <laughs> term because it, I, I don't, I don't believe I'm dumb by any stretch of the imagination, and and I would agree that most people out there aren't dumb either. Most of our listeners are, are smart in all sorts of different ways. But when I look at this verse, what I mean by it is that there's been times in my life where I thought I was pretty smart. You know, um, I guess, you know, they say you've got tickets on yourself. <laughs> mm. um, you know, I passed all my subjects in high school. I topped the high school for three years in woodwork and technical drawing, and I've still got the protractor set that I was given. Uh, I think that's what you call it, uh, that you draw circles and yes, things with. Yes, Yep, I've still got that. That was my uh, award at awards nights. Um, really the only thing I've ever won for my efforts like that, which I thought was fascinating. Mm. I passed my subjects in high school, um, Air Force, college and studying to be a pastor. And and I did very well with all of that. And there's more information about why that what was the case and why I felt I did well. But I can remember proudly thinking at times, you know at least i'm smarter than that person or how do they not know that you know and and really putting myself on a pedestal above other people so among these times and others i've learnt probably the hard way uh, that where i am in any particular time in life is not just from my hard efforts or my persistence or anything like that. What I've learned after many challenges in in and through school and Air Force and many other jobs I've done and in ministry is that I am where I am because God has me there. You know, he, he's the one that is controlling, um, looking over my life, helping to guide me through life because I put my life in his hands. Mm. And when I was married, uh, when we got married, my grandmother, I always respected my grandmother, and she gave me a little slip of paper uh, with this particular passage on it and, uh, and, and a note saying, always remember to lean on God's wisdom or something along those lines. And it's helped me so much personally to realise that in all the different difficult circumstances of life I don't have to rely on my own so-called inverted commas wisdom, but instead I can lean on God and His wisdom and, and let Him direct and guide me through it. And these verses have been instrumental for a number of reasons. The first was that when I think about my grandmother's life and all that she faced, I clearly see that this verse or this passage was a guiding principle in her life, you know. She, she didn't have an easy life, it was pretty tough, you know. She had a, a disabled daughter. She's, she's living in the times of the post war era, mm-hmm. you know, and, and probably a bit through those, those war years. And she had a disabled daughter who died at a young age. Uh, She struggled as a pastor's wife at the hands of some very critical church people. She suffered in the agony of having her only son become a quadriplegic in the prime of his life, and he was a quadriplegic. Um, She watched him die as well. And then uh, before that, uh, as her son became a quadriplegic, Uh, she lost her husband just a few months after that event i think the event of um, granddad's only son whom he was looking forward to spending so much quality time with in retirement having him become a quadriplegic in such tragic circumstances i think it broke his heart Mm -hmm. and uh, and he died and i remember that i was about seven when that happened so if these verses helped her know that God had it all in hand as she struggled to face all of these situations, then the verses are enough. They're enough for me, for all I could possibly face in this life, and I haven't faced half of what she's been through. Mm. So I feel this, is a really, this passage is a really good lead-in for today's program entitled The Seven Signs, which I'll unpack later and we'll see why. Mm,
0: absolutely. Well, before we get into that, um, would you like to just give us a quick recap of where we've come from?
1: Yeah, no worries, Jason. So we've been we've been looking, as I said, at these seven significant things in Revelation, and there are more than seven sevens if you like, <laughs> because there's seven stars, the seven angels, there's all of these things, and perhaps we'll unpack them another time. But in the first week we looked at the seven churches of Revelation uh, and the letters that were written to these seven churches from Jesus via John, the, the beloved disciple. The second week we looked at the seven seals mentioned in Revelation 6 and 8. And it showed um, the, the passage of the gospel down through history leading up to Christ's return. And then last week we looked at the seven trumpets, which um, roughly cover the same period in history. And they appear to be God's acts towards man down through time. mm
0: Well, uh, if you have missed out on those episodes, as I have some of them, because I didn't do all of them with you, um, we can go back and have a listen on the Faith FM website. That's faithfm.com.au. Just go there and there's a little uh, button in the top right-hand corner where you can just hit play or you can uh, go to browse programs and you can find our Tassie Encounters programs there as well. And this one uh, you can also find under the programs and podcasts. It's called The Significant Sevens of Revelation. So... Do that on the website or the Faith FM Australia app, which you can download. So, David, today, uh, the significant sevens of Revelation, uh, the seven Mm. signs, I think you've uh, titled this, uh, Mm. give us a bit of an intro into that.
1: Yeah, I'll unpack why the seven signs, but, um, we won't look at that right now. But as I continue this, this series, the significant sevens of Revelation, we're going to look at this topic, the seven signs, which, as we'll see soon, show man's response to God's actions in this world. But first, before the break, what I want to do is ask a listener question, as we always do. Mm. Quite a simple question this time, and I think we should be able to get a bit of response because my question is, have you ever ignored a sign, and if so, what happened? Mm. Uh, Now, I could talk about all the speed signs, but let's not go there today. (laughs) (laughs) Um, For me, me it was uh, a sign that said, caution, dip ahead. Now, when I'm driving north WA, we were going over to the east coast from Perth, and I can't remember whether it was once we got into Northern Territory or the very north uh, of WA. But either way, it was monsoon weather and it said, caution, dip ahead. And we'd be driving along this road. We were towing a caravan and all of a sudden there was this big cu- um, culvert in the road, big dip. Oh. And as I got to the edge of the dip, looking down into it, there was half a foot of water over the road. Mm. And I'm doing about eighty-five to ninety-five kilometers an hour, and I thought, "Oh no!" And we just about planed across the water at the bottom of this dip. The next time we saw the sign, uh, I slowed down. Yes, I'm guessing
0: <laughs> you slowed down.
1: <laughs> so when you ignore signs, it can be critical. Mm. <laughs> so the listener question: Well, did you have a? Did you have an experience? Um, yes, I've. I've.
0: I've had lots of experiences of this, but uh, I, again, it's on the on the road. Sometimes you um, either don't see a sign, sometimes you mm. don't see a sign, mm. and that can be bad. I know, for example, I uh, I entered a car park off the main road. Um, mm-hmm from the exit rather than the entrance. Oh, yes. <laughs> and after I'd got in there, I thought, all the cars are facing the other way. I must have done something wrong, and then I realised I'd, I'd got in the wrong way. So, yes. yeah, so no, it, it's very important to follow the traffic signs. Sometimes there's so <laughs> many signs, though. It's easy to miss some.
1: It can be confusing. So, so yeah. yeah.
0: So, yeah, today we'd love to hear from you. Have you ever ignored a sign? If so, what happened? Do text us in zero four double eight. 888-0891 We'd love to hear from you today So this is uh, Look to Jesus by Phil Wickham
2: Death looks like an empty grave Fear looks like a giant slain Childs look like gifts of grace when I look to Jesus, failures battle victory, sin has lost its hold on me. Endless love is all I see when I look to Jesus how my heart. crashing down Chains are broken on the ground What can stand against us now When we look to Jesus
0: Welcome to Tazzy Encounters on Faith FM, and this morning we're speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of the seven signs. Now, we asked you a question, have you ever ignored a sign, and if so, what happened? We'd love to hear from you today, so do text us in on 488 80891. Now, David... Um, we're continuing your series, The Significant Sevens of Revelation, and we're looking Ooh. at the seven signs. But uh, earlier you said that the seven signs um, are relating to man's response to God's actions down through time, and mm-hmm. this sort of relates to the other different seven things that we've been looking at the seven churches, the seven trumpets, the seven seals, etc. Um, how are we going to uh, start to unpack this today?
1: Yeah, thanks, Jason. So I chose this title today because I've seen others call these events that. However, I, I feel they're not so much like seven signs like the ten mentioned in Matthew 24 where Jesus said specifically look for these things. This is going to happen, this is going to happen, this can happen. And they're what we call signs of his return. mm or the nearness of his return I don't believe they're like that And that's the idea you might get when I say seven signs like this Or people might have inferred in the past I feel they're more like seven significant events That that show the human response to God's actions That we spoke about last week in the seven trumpets So as we'll unpack them, I think you'll agree But first I'll pray And then we'll have a look at the, the passage that we're looking at today And we'll get into it Okay Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for our listeners connected today. Lord, I pray that you will please speak through us to them, that they might hear your voice as we open your word today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, Jason, in the NLT, the New Living Translation, I really like this version. I wonder if you could read our passage today, a Revelation eleven fifteen to 19, and it might seem familiar to people.
0: Yes, let's do it. And it says, The seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices shouting in heaven. The world has now become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The 24 elders sitting on their thrones before God fell with their faces to the ground and worshipped him. And they said, We give thanks to you, Lord God, the Almighty, the one who is and who uh, always was, for now you have assumed your great power and have begun to reign. The nations were filled with wrath, but now the time of your wrath has come. It is time to judge the dead and reward your servants the prophets, as well as your holy people, and all who fear your name, from the least to the greatest. It is time to destroy all who have caused destruction on the earth. Then in heaven the temple of God was opened and the ark of his covenant could be seen inside the temple. Lightning flashed, thunder crashed and roared and there was an earthquake and a terrible hailstorm.
1: Now, why are we mentioning, thanks Jason, why are we mentioning the seventh trumpet that heralds in Christ's return when we're talking about seven... I wondered that when I
0: saw this passage
1: (laughs) and I had to question, have we got the right passage? We do. Now, hold that thought and we'll come back to it because there's a a, a passage within this that I want to focus on today. Remember I said it was... Uh, today, the seven events or the seven signs we're focusing on uh, our response, if you like, to how God acts. And in, in verse 18, it says the nations were filled with wrath. Mm. But now the time of your wrath has come. This week, we're going to look at the nation's wrath and next week we're going to look at God's wrath and I use that word wrath in inverted commas. Uh, We we would say anger and anger can take a number of different forms. We're going to look at that today and next week. Mm. My opening illustration is entitled Groundhog Day. Now, some of you will remember, (laughs) we'll go back to the 1993, um, way back 30 years ago. Now, someone said to me, back in the 90s, such and such happened. And I remember thinking, what? Back in the 90s? That was just like yesterday. And then I counted and realized, oh, that's somebody's whole lifetime ago. Mm. 30 years, some young person said it. (laughs) Mm. Anyway, there was a movie back in 1993 that came out and that was really actually a big hit at the time. It was the, the biggest grossing film of its year. Uh, and it was uh, featuring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. That's a, a lady. And it was about a man who experienced the same day over and over and over again. It didn't matter what he did that day. And he did some terrible things in the end trying to to get out of this reliving this day but every morning he woke up in the same town at the same time and the same events unfolded and he got to know what was happening so he had a memory of of the day and he was able to manipulate what happened during that day Mm. and that continued to go over and over until he learned some really important lessons about life and love and I thought that was a a good illustration for the things that possibly we experience in in life. Now I've seen things in my own life that I often go through over and over again until I realise there's a lesson I'm not learning. Then I learn the lesson i mature and it appears I don't go through those things again. Mm. I move on and I don't know whether I just learn to Maybe we negate it better.
0: Yeah, we either learn how to handle it, or navigate it, or avoid it. Perhaps.
1: <laughs> yeah, perhaps that's what it is. But mm. uh, or we learn from it, and mm. and I certainly think there must be some lessons for us to learn from these seven inverted commas, seven signs, or seven events we're going to look at today. And I trust we can learn from them and be ready for what they speak about for the future. Mm. So, first, I want to look at the timing of these events or signs. Before we, I, I, I get right into it today, I want to remind our listeners again about the structure of Revelation. Remember, Revelation is not a sequential list of events that go from one point in history right through until the new heavens and the new earth. Although, uh, that's kind of the events that have unfolded, but we can't take one... Uh, one chapter and plug it into the back of the next chapter necessarily, necessarily, although it kind of folds that way today. That's not necessarily the way it goes. So when we look at Revelation, we see that it's a sequential record of the visions that John is shown and he writes them down. In Revelation 1, 11, the angel says to him, write what you see in a book and send it to all the churches. So he sees one event, he writes it down, he sees the next vision, right? Writes it down, next one, and so and so, right through the chapter. So, the events these visions uh, are explaining are actually overlapping at times, they expand on previous visions, or they describe the same time frame from different perspectives. So, uh, recapping last week, the seven trumpets. As we were referring to the seventh trumpet last week, being synonymous with Jesus' return, within that passage, as I've said, we read this section that said the nations were angry, and I read that earlier, or the nations were filled with wrath. Uh, As I said, this week we're going to look at that bit and... Next week we're going to look at God's response, <laughs> if you like. Mm-hmm. So uh, a reminder of the timing is that uh, a, a quick review of the, the previous weeks, the seven churches, uh, although literal seven churches in John's day, they also, they also referred to uh, or represent churches down through the whole of history. So there were more more than seven churches in John's day and these particular seven had seven different characteristics. And when we look down through time, we see there have been seven periods of church history that roughly match the characters of these seven churches mentioned with the last church laodicea the character of laodicea matching overall the general character of christendom today Mm. you know mainly mainly christian churches are proud and lack the the holy spirit and and we see this because you try and call a prayer meeting anyone anyone who goes to a church if a leader tries to call a prayer meeting they will find it difficult to get a large turn-up of the church coming to prayer meeting because they don't pray. Generally, uh, private prayer is fine, but they don't see the need to get together and pray for God's Holy Spirit on the whole. Now, I'm speaking generally, your church might be really, really good, and I'm really glad about that, but generally, that's what our church is like, Mm. the Laodicean Church. The opening of the seven seals that we looked at was showing the progress of the gospel down through history and the different responses to it. And the blowing of the seven trumpets were also representative of the same time period down through history, but reflected the seven actions of God to and on this earth up to including his return. So today, we're looking specifically at seven significant events in Revelation and mankind's response to them.
0: Well, um, it's uh, just about time for another break, I think, David, and uh, mm. we will we will do that. Um, is there anything else you wanted to cover just before we go to
1: the break? Yeah, some might think that uh, uh, because I've mentioned the the trumpets um, that the seven events are related directly to the seven trumpets, and that's not entirely so. I, I did look at that, but although there is some overlap, uh, they they don't actually matched directly um, but we'll take a look at each of these signs or events after the break and we'll see how they link in or how they don't to the seven trumpets okay
0: no worries now do remember our listener question have you ever ignored a sign uh, if so what happened let us know text us in on 048880891 this song is called i will bring you home by michael card
3: Though you're alone, I will be your home. Whatever's the matter, whatever.
0: is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM and we're speaking with David Maxwell on the topic of the seven signs. Now, David, uh, before the break you were saying that these seven events uh, are vaguely related to the blowing of the trumpets. Um, they're not uh, exactly related but there is some overlap. So... Do you want to explain a little bit more about what these events are all
1: about? Yeah, thanks, Jason. Uh, no worries at all. So, as I said earlier, although these signs have been called, or these these events have been called the seven signs. Um, I coined that phrase today for the program. Revelation only mentions. Uh, uh, sorry, A sign three times And the first two are tied up In the one vision With the third mentioned sign Referring to the prelude To the seven bowls And we're going to look at that next week So let's dig right in The first significant sign or event that we're going to look at today is actually a compilation of events um, or rather a a great overarching theme in the Bible and it's summarised quite succinctly in Revelation chapter 12. So I want to read just a couple of verses from Revelation chapter 12 and I'll excuse uh, my, my reading but I'm reading from the New King James. I like that version quite a bit too. So I'm going to read Revelation 12 verse 1, verse 3 to 4 and verse 6 just to give you an overview. Verse uh, 1 of Revelation chapter 12. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then in verse 3 and 4, and another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And verse 6, Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place appeared prepared by God that they should feed her there 1,260 days. So we don't have time to unpack this fully and what i'd like to do i've been thinking more and more that next year i would like to unpack this whole series and do a week on each section so um each each talk break Mm. it down and spend the whole of next year unpacking the contents of this whole series and see this series more as an overview and that will help us to understand a little bit more But just as an overview, this description of a pure woman refers to God's faithful people. And although faulty, flawed, sinful, it it included the people of Israel. And there were some there who remained faithful so that the Saviour could come and afterwards started the first Christian church. And you think of Joseph and Mary, they were a faithful couple in Israel. Then God uh, used them to bring out the Saviour. So these these um, are man's faithful responses to God's own actions of faithfulness to His promises to send and deliver. All from sin, I guess you could say. Mm. The description of a dragon represents Lucifer who became Satan, and that's clarified later in the chapter. In the chapter, it actually says this this dragon was the serpent of old. You know, that's referring to the serpent in the garden, the devil and Satan. So it gives him all his names. And he, within these references to Satan's persecuting and accusing behaviour, he uses people who cooperate with him to attack those who are faithful to God. That is, Satan uses people like that. These are the ones that oppose God and cooperate with the dragon or Satan and lastly with this overarching descriptive story in this passage i've just read a remnant is included it's introduced um, uh, uh, those it introduces those who remain faithful to god and it's in a theme we often call the great controversy describing the the bible's great battle between good and evil this battle shows god's wisdom his justice his love his patience and satan's accusations lies manipulation uh, and persecution of both god And those who are faithful to Him, and we see that um, later on in chapter twelve it says that He is called the Accuser of the Brethren, and He accuses them before God day and night. So the people who follow Him, the people who are faithful to Satan, um, they they choose to. Behave the same way that Satan does, and Satan uses these people to achieve his means. The next significant sign or event that we see is in in chapter thirteen. Um, Uh, And within this chapter, we see two significant events or signs. And the first, we see the introduction of this sea beast. And it says in chapter 13, verse 1, Then I saw on the sand of the sea, and I saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and on his horns ten crowns. And on his heads a blasphemous name. Now the beast, which I saw, and then it describes this beast and what he was like. And that's very interesting because this beast has all of the uh, characteristics of uh, the beasts mentioned in Daniel Mm. of the successive kingdoms uh, Babylon, Media, persia Greece and Rome and it has all of these components. Mm. And one of the heads of this beast is mortally wounded and when John sees it here it's been revived. Mm. (laughs) And when we look in history when we look in history, it's really clear to see that this beast represents the medieval Roman Church of the Dark Ages. That that, that head that was mortally wounded, but it's been healed. It re, it's revived in these last days, and it represents man's response to God when they reject His truths and instead choose the dragon's lies. Now, I know you want me to dig into deeper that, dig, dig deeper into that, but we haven't got time. <laughs> mm. Unfortunately. The next sign is also mentioned in uh, chapter 13, and it's in verse 11. I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. It's an earth beast this time, and it says it has two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon, exercises all the authority of the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell in it to worship the first beast, whose deadly wound is healed." This is a fascinating sign because it appears to be just ahead of us still. Um, It would appear that it's in the near future. And I say when we look at how the world is unfolding today, it's very, very close. Uh, We believe that this power or kingdom aptly defines the American nation. And although it hasn't started to enforce worship of this first beast, the sea beast, that's not far off, it appears. And this represents the next logical step in a rejection of God's truths, and that's an, a, a desire to obtain worship by force. Now, when you think about Satan in heaven before he was cast out, he tried to get the angels of heaven to listen to him, and a third of them did. So he was pretty convincing. Mm. And he was thrown out of heaven because God saw that, that this form of leadership, this form of manipulation, if you like, is, is not allowing free will to act properly. Mm. And so he, he throws him out. So this, this sign here represents the next logical step. And that's obtaining worship by force. And it's something that Satan will do, and he's accusing God of actually doing this. If you look at Job 1 and 2 and Revelation uh, chapter 12, um, and a little bit further back there, you'll see that's what he does. He tries to force people to worship him. And God, God wants free will. Hmm. So after that, the next number four, the next significant sign or event that John records, is in reference to those who respond differently. They're alluded to at the end of chapter 13, but more fully described in uh, both chapter 7 and chapter 14 as the 144,000. And I really want to dig into that next year, and I don't have time to dig into it today. There's a lot of debate as to whether that 144,000 is figurative or literal, but it's a highly symbolic book we're looking at. And even this chapter is highly symbolic. And I believe rather than being literal, it's a a figurative number. But you can text in and argue with me if you like. (laughs) That's fine. What is certain is that they represent a certain group of people, a special group of people who detested sin. So here's their response to God's actions. They detest sin and they want to be faithful to God. And God chooses them as special representatives. In the same chapter is the next sign or event that's shown to John and it's three angels flying in heaven with urgent messages while we are still living here on earth. That's, that's important to note. And these messages make people aware of God's judgment having begun. So right now people are living on earth. Turn back to God before it's too late and worship him while you have time. That's what the first one. They announce that apostate religion, identified here as Babylon, has had its day and it's doomed. And then they also warn of the two results of making a choice one way or the other. The last two and most significant signs or events that John mentions is the Harvest and the Song of Moses at the end of chapter 14 and the beginning of chapter 15. Now, they're really, really interesting things because the Harvest represents Jesus' return and the reward this brings. To some it brings life, that's the first group in the Harvest, and to the others it brings death and eternal separation from God, that's the second group. The two groups respond very, very differently The first group, they proclaim, this is our God, we have waited for him and he will save us. And that's Isaiah 25 and verse 9. And the second, cry for the rocks and hills to fall on them and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne, they say. And that's from Revelation 6.16. Finally, the song of Moses is the song that only those who are victorious, the ones in the first group, will sing. This is their response God's actions to save them.
0: Mm, so this is this is actually after they've been saved, isn't it? Past yeah. past the uh, second coming, the time of the second coming.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's right. It's seven significant responses to God's actions, and we want to have the right response. Mm.
0: Well, it's time for our book offer. Today's book offer is titled "Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation," and. Uh, a little bit of information about it. Will these Bible prophecies affect your future? From Daniel, Nebuchadnezzar's dream, four great beasts and a little horn, the ram and the goat, the Messiah appears. And from Revelation, the letters to the seven churches, seven seals opened, seven trumpets, the great red dragon, seven headed leopard beast, and three angels' messages. The seven last plagues, the great whore Babylon, Victory over Satan and Satan bound for a thousand years and the new earth. This is uh, a lot of information about the um, prophecies that we've been talking about and some of this, uh, the seven significant sevens of Revelation as well is going to be covered in this book. So we encourage you to um, text in the code after the break. We'll give it to you straight after this. This is titled Revelation 19 by the Forbes family.
4: The signs of the times are everywhere. The spoken word of Jesus fills the air. Moors and rumors of them all this night and day. Do not be dismayed. He's coming back someday. Allow the little children, Jesus said, Come unto such is the kingdom of heaven But their little lives are taken Fearing not the holy one But hear me when I say Judgment's on the way He'll ride on the cloud to take His right away Triumphantly the church will see Jesus any day The things as we know them will soon pass away Will soon pass No one seems to care about the condition of the soul. Hear me when I say, He's coming back someday. He'll ride right on a cloud to take His bride away, triumphantly. Church will see Jesus any day. the things as we know them will soon pass away, will soon pass away, the things as we know them will soon pass away.
0: You're listening to Tassie Encounters on Faith FM. And uh, while we've got this long outro to this song, I promise to give you a code to our book giveaway today. It's called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. So to claim a free copy of this book, text in the code Revelation Number 4 to zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. That's Revelation and the number four, no spaces. Texted into zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one. David, uh, before the break, you were talking about the seven signs and and how this sort of shows man's responses or reaction to God's actions toward us. And um, Mm. I guess the question is, why is this important to study? Why is it important to
1: understand a bit more about this? Yeah, that's a really good question, Jason. And so just to recap those seven signs, the the great controversy between good and evil, the woman, the dragon, those who are faithful to God, those who are faithful to God or those who side with the dragon, the beast from the sea, the medieval Roman church revived in the last days, the beast from the earth, that powerful uh, uh, human Power that um, is on earth in the end of the time and they f- it forces the whole world to worship and um, that 's an interesting government issue the the government support of the era is that 's really what that summarized one hundred and forty four thousand those who are following God faithfully, the three angels his mission becomes our mission uh, the harvest. The end of this age, and then the song of Moses. Those with a changed and perfected character. So, why are these? Why do these things? Uh, why are they important to us? That's a really, really good question. So, firstly, um, the woman, the dragon, and the, the those who are left over that follow God faithfully. It's important that we understand the o- overall controversy, and we know. Um, how to be on the right side Uh, you know we have time for that right now but time is running out by identifying each side and looking at how the dragon behaves how it's beguiled the world if you like how satan behaves like that we can see that choosing only god's truth and nothing else is what's important for us while we're alive while we're living in these days with the sea beast uh, sign or event we c- we can learn from history's lessons from the operation of this medieval roman church back in the dark ages and we can be better prepared to actually recognize its resurgence in these last days and make right choices and really those right choices come back to again following god's truths faithfully Now, with the land beast, we can learn that God's kingdom is one of gentle persuasion. This is an important uh, issue to think about because wherever God is absent, there's violence. Mm. When you look throughout the Bible, whenever God is absent, there's violence. People who were not following God before the flood, they became violent. You look at the end of time... You see that when people are not following God, there's violence. And everywhere in between, you see in nearly every case where there's unrestricted violence, it's because God is absent and people are just let go to control each other and rule each other. It's not a nice place to be, mm. not, not a nice way to be. God wants willing, love-inspired service, not forced worship at the threat of death. For the 144,000 we can see that that God's will will prevail in this world and he will have a special group of people who have chosen to follow him above all else and these will be forever in Jesus' presence. Imagine going everywhere that Jesus goes and they're called the first fruits. I want to dig into that next year because there's a lot in there. Um, from the sign of the three angels we can learn about God's grace and mercy and as I said God's mission our mission God warns the world he wants us to warn the world he doesn't want us to just try and get to heaven while we can and you know just look after number one that's not the essence of the characters of those who live in heaven those who live in heaven are concerned about other people so God's concerned about us we should be concerned about other people as well and this, these, these messages talk about a return to Him. Do it while there's time. Have true worship. We are living in these days today. We're living in the days that talks about the judgment as well. And not too long before some of those other things come about. The sign of the harvest, we can learn that there will, there will be only two outcomes. God will not. And in fact cannot accept anyone and everyone. He he will only accept those who truly follow him and truly faithful and truly, you know, want to worship him freely. And that's important. He's not going to force us. If we don't want God, he's going to, sadly, he's going to allow us the outcome of that decision. And I guess we have to decide now before the before the harvest. There's no good waiting until the harvest and then say, right, I know which side I want. I don't want to be in the wrong group. No, no, we have to choose now. We have to prepare our characters so that so that we can be ready for heaven. Um, and the question is, do you want to follow an agent of force and violence, or do you want to follow a king of love and free choice? That's the God I want to follow. Mm. And finally from the sign of the song of Moses we can see the honest and genuine response of those who've chosen to follow God and acknowledge his righteousness and his fairness to all. Today while we can it's time to start practicing if you like for singing the song. You know like when you're in a choir you don't just get up and you sing you know what's been prepared, do you?
0: No, it takes
1: many to hours practice. of practice. <laughs> Oh, it takes many hours. I was in a choir once. I can't say I helped it that much. But I was standing beside a man who I guess we gelled very well with our voices. And so I could follow his voice on my own. I'm a bit tone deaf, I guess. But when I have someone else who's good, I can listen to them and I can sing a little bit better. I can follow well. (laughs) So today, while we while we have time, it's time to start practising that song. And if you look it up, look it up in Revelation and read what it has to say. It's all about victory and overcoming. We can learn how to be faithful, just, loving and true like God really, really is. So bring bring you back to my opening illustration of Groundhog Day. <laughs> uh, are you reliving the same sin, selfishness or violence day after day? Uh, Are you facing the same challenges and wondering why you keep facing the same things over and over? And that's happened to me in the past. I think why am I back here again? Well it's most likely because I didn't learn the lesson the first time. And so God is gently helping me to experience this again so I have a better outcome. Now I like that. I like that because if you ever had an event and the event's finished and you think, I didn't deal with that very well, mm. you know, but you can't relive it. Once it's done, it's done, isn't it? Mm. But but I, I like the fact that here God will gently bring a challenge back to me again and help me to address it differently. And mm. then I learn like that verse I opened with, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And perhaps God wants us to learn something important and perhaps God is giving us just one more chance as we go through these challenges. So why not respond to him today? Mm. Why not turn your life over to him and ask him to do his will in your life and make you more of who he really wants to be before it's too late?
0: It's a very good follow-on from uh, our program that we had yesterday with Tamika, and uh, mm-hmm. we were talking about the Potter as he shapes us and refines us mm-hmm. and moulds us mm-hmm. and yeah. fires us, and you know this uh, this idea of, um, I guess, being moulded and shaped, and in in your examples here that mm-hmm. we are being tested and refined as we go on, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a great uh, great follow-up from yesterday's program, so. Yeah, that's great. uh, Thank you for your program today, David. What what have you got for us for next week?
1: Yeah, next week we're going to look at the seven bowls. Now, a lot of people have seen these seven bowls and thought, wow, why is God judging people? Why is God doing these things? Um, It's very important to look at why and when, when these things are poured out. Um, And there's a bigger picture. We're going to look at that next week. Mm, Okay.
0: And uh, next week, David uh, Leo's continuing, uh, he's back next week, and he'll be continuing a, a, a very short series um, that he's st- talking about worship. And next week he's going to be Ooh. talking about worship through prayer. So do join us next Wednesday. Remember, Wednesday and Thursday are our live programs, and in between you'll get some replays from past episodes. So uh, do join us next Wednesday with David Leo. And uh, just a reminder of our book offer today: Revelation number four, no spaces, zero four double eight double eight zero eight nine one, is the code and the number to text in for the book offer. Amazing prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. Well, David, thanks for joining us today, and uh, we just uh, pray that our listeners encounter Jesus more today. This uh, last song is called Call Me Your Own by Isla Vista Worship. Talk to you next week, David.
1: Thanks, bye.
5: You're not ashamed to call me your own